So what comes to mind when you think of a sister? Two sisters back together. A best friend. An opinionated best friend. (laughs) This is Sister Sister the Podcast. A sister who always thinks she's the boss. That sister that you start a conversation saying, bitch. Guess what? You're listening to Sister Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. Alrighty, your favorite hermanas are back up in the cut. We back. Welcome to Sister Sister, the podcast. Oh my gosh. Happy, happy day, sis. How you doing, my little pumpkin pie? I'm actually doing good. I'm feeling good. My spirits are up amidst all this little... A little bit of chaos that's happening in the world right now. Yeah, the world. What a hey, what a time to be alive. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Shout out to everybody that is handling this uh, craziness that's happening in the world Um, gracefully, gracefully, not panicking. You know, this is when moments like a ex-boyfriend of mine used to always tell me, stay cool, calm and collected at all times. And this is what we're seeing a lot. It's it's like everyone's losing their shit versus staying cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, that's the part that makes me question is not the pandemic, is the people's reaction to it. It's wild to see it. Yeah. But in, in regards to me personally, I'm good. My family's healthy. Yes. We're, we're going on business as usual, trying to keep ourselves distanced as much as possible yep. from people. Um, but also Except from not, each other. Fuck not that. Not living in fear. Like, we ref- I refuse to surrender to uh the fear that is being shoved down our throat yeah hey remember the the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real yeah and um yeah that's exactly what fear is like don't be oblivious to the statistics but i just it's like the way the media is bombarding us with just like case after case and infection and this and that and rules it's like wow like is this close to the end of times? It sure the hell no. feels like it. The funny thing is that we're just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started, y'all. So you might as well just buckle up. It's kind of like the podcast. We're just getting started. So just buckle up. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the episodes. Everyone's going to be different. We're going to keep the episodes neutral. Yeah, we are. I mean, we, we, we're hitting on it a little bit right now, but we're not going to go in depth no. about resources and about we're not because first of all, we're pre-recorded. Right. Yeah. So by we the time be... you hear this episode, we'll be weeks out. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, like we want to be levity. We want to be something that makes you feel good midway of the week and a break from all of the hard, scary stuff that's happening. Yeah. Somebody said, can you guys please record every day? And I was like, well, if yeah. the hair lab gets shut down, <laughs> we just may. I'll have the time. <laughs> Listen, we wanna we wanna be that podcast that comes on every day when the when the sponsorship money is right. Listen, there it there's no telling what we can't do with this podcast because My clients we own are it. gonna be upset if you if they think for a minute that you're telling them that I won't be able to do their hair. Well, anymore. that's gonna make La Susie hair. I won't take new clients, that's for sure. That's gonna make your value go up, honey. You're gonna be in demand Same Same even on. more. <laughs> so listen, we usually we start off the show with a, a rant or a highlight. Because why not, right? It's important to talk about, I, you know, I was just actually talking about the law of polarity with some of my aunts yesterday when I saw them. We miss you, sis, because I know you were out there. We were doing, what were you doing? I you went were, to brunch. You went to brunch, yeah, <laughs> the brunch life. So we were with the Diaz, and uh, we were talking about the laws of, I was sharing with them about the law of polarity, like how the law, just like the law of attraction is real, so is the law of polarity. Like there has to be opposites in order for the world to work. Right. There has to be like hot, a magnet. cold, 
day, night, positive, negative. And so with this rant or highlight, I feel like that's what it is because it's not always peachy keen. Life is not always like. But I don't like to focus on the negative, especially right now. No, 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 no. I have a lot because my son's a senior and it is affecting his end of year or potentially affecting his end of year. Um, I'm trying to stay really super positive, but I could literally cry if I stopped to think that prom may be canceled. He may not walk to get a diploma. School abruptly ended if they choose not to continue school. Like it just stopped. It just ended for him. So, but I don't want to live there. I don't want to focus on that because I do believe um, in a powerful God and I do believe in miracles and not necessarily miracles. I believe in hope. Yeah. I'm not losing hope. Yeah. So So what's your highlight of the week? Focus on something more positive and let's tell the people we have a joint highlight. I know we do. We're new moms. (laughs) We We have new fur babies. We got our puppies. I would like to introduce to you my dog. His name is Chele. Chele. And tell people what Chele means. Okay. So for everybody, it's like, because a lot of people are like, what is Chele? So Chele. So we're Salvadoreñas. Very proud to be Salvadoreñas, right? Born here. From Salvadorian parents. Um, And so Chele in El Salvador is like light skin. That means light skin. Like huerito. But in El Salvador, they say Chelito. Uh So since Chele is a light, he's a white miniature schnauzer. I named him Chele. Yeah, and Chele is so cute. The reason I thought Chele is because I have Chula, so I wanted it to kind of match. So I have Chula and Chele now. That's so cute, and they love each other. Hashtag. They love each other, sis. I know, but you didn't even want him at first. You were so resistant to his love. I I told you he was going to be a good addition. How's Fonzie doing? So my pup, his name is Fonzie. That's Chele's brother, but my dog's half black, so we named him. An American name, Fonzie. I like that Fonzie name. Fonzie Field. Fonzie Field. Oh, he was supposed to be Frida's sister, actually. But then when Frida passed away, we opted for a boy because I didn't want another girl dog at the moment. I don't even think you shared that Frida passed away. Like I didn't my, share it here. My dad didn't even know Frida had passed away. I didn't want to talk about it. So my dad was like, I go, yeah, daddy se le murió el perro la Susi. He's like, ¿qué? Like, my dad felt so hurt that well, you didn't tell him the news. it wasn't on purpose to hurt him, but I didn't want to talk about it because everybody asks you what happened so you have to talk about it again and again and i was talked out i didn't want to talk about it anyways frida suddenly passed yes we lost frida in january and then she would have loved fonzie though yeah she would have he's a little rascal because they're puppies hold in oh my god hold in (laughs) we literally because we're crate training him we get up in the middle of the night two times to take him out just like a little baby changing a diaper. Ugh. But we're enjoying the energy at home. He's getting, they're getting big fast. Yeah, you know what? My dog is getting chunky. And you know what I love? I've come to the conclusion that if you are out there in the market and you want to get another dog and you want to trade them quickly, I've noticed that Chele follows Chula's lead a lot. I was just sharing this with yeah. Diaz yesterday that my, my dog training process has been a lot easier this time because Basically, Chele does whatever Chula does. Well, she he's gets a blank up. canvas. Yeah, she gets up. She goes to the restroom outside. She already knows. She's potty trained. And then Chele follows her. She goes to the restroom on the on the grass, and then he goes on the... It's just... It's monkey see, monkey do. Mm, yeah. Literally. And Learned so, behavior. Learned behavior. Um, I, I do put him in a, in, a, in a kennel, like when I step away for a couple of hours, because... 
I do trust them together, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to come home one day and freaking chillers in oh, pieces. Don't say that. Which I don't think like they're bonding really, really good. Yeah. I've left them on the outside for like four hours playing together and I have not, I haven't seen Chula get aggressive with him. Like they play. No. But well, she's not going to kill him. Pitbulls are not, are not the aggressive breed everybody makes them out to be. No, they're not. They're actually they're not. very much caretakers. They used to be considered the nanny dogs. Yeah. So I don't think that Chula would attack Chela that way. On the contrary, he's she's going to protect him. Yeah. Because he's know, little. I'm seeing her maternal side come out. Yeah. And, she, you know, Ch- Chula's never had a, a litter of puppies because I got her fixed when she was younger. But I'm like, she's maternal with him. Like, she wants to care for him. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's well, I'm so glad you cute. got him and I'm glad you kept him because immediately you were like, I'm going to get him to my mom. You know what? I got to talk about that. And I'm actually going to make a YouTube video about like resistance, because when I first first of all, I mean, it's understandable. It's understandable. Like I had turbo for almost 16 years, 15 years and eight months. And he was my baby, you know, and that's one of the main reasons like I did not want to get another pit bull because, you know, many times I had girls or people or animal, you know, rescue people tag me like, oh, my God, this this pit bull would be perfect for you. I think I even did that. And he would he would look like turbo. And I'm like, what in the fuck makes you think that I want to get a dog that's going to remind me of my dog that passed away? Like that's if anything, that's painful. Like I get the good intentions and I get that there's like about a thousand and one pit bulls I need to get rescued and that you guys know that I love dogs and that if uh, if I take in a dog, he's going to have a great life. But the last thing I want to do is see a pit bull every day that reminds me of Turbo. Well, so we went with Schnauzers. So we went with Schnauzers. Which looks completely opposite. They look like grouchy old men. They're but so- you were still fighting the funk. Even the day we went to go pick him up. I know. Remember? Yes. I was like, I was like, I don't want this cannot. dog. We, we cannot back out from this guy. He, he's sort of counting on us. He drove all the and way down. Immediately, you're like, I'm just going to give it to my mom. I didn't- don't you... Aren't you happy you didn't? I must confess. I literally got that dog without, I got Chele without wanting him. Like I want, I I like little baby. I like the idea of him. It sounded good when I reserved two of them. And then when my girl, shout out to my nail girl, Jules, she's like, Hey babe, like the breeder has a dog ready. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you told me to reserve two. And I was like, well, yeah, bitch. Like you took me serious. She's like, well, yeah. You're like, I was just kidding. That's and like then she's you like, and your idea of wanting a husband. You're like, JK, <laughs> I see you there, husband. I was kidding. I don't want no. it. No, no, <laughs> I'm not going to be JK when I meet my husband. No, but you know, for reals. But when it be, shit becomes real, you're like, she's like, girl, I can't tell the breeder no. Like, you told me yes. So so I he reserved two. And I was like, Damn. And I said the same. And we went. And we went shopping. They were cute immediately. I know they were, but I'll tell you. So the first week, so this is our third week that we've had our dogs now. Yes. But the first week I was giving him the side eye. I would be at home and I was just like looking at him like, ugh, like I had this resistance I can't towards believe him. You. That's so mean. And I'm thinking this is probably what moms go through when they go through that postpartum. Huh? Like, oh, probably. I, I never experienced postpartum, but I know that it's very real. It's very real where like you look at your kid and I, I not can- that you don't love them. I think more that you just resent them, I think maybe or or you don't feel the connection. You know, yeah. I think postpartum help um, prevents you from feeling that connection. And you were not feeling the connection with your pup. I was, res- I, you know, I think we need to bring somebody on to talk about postpartum. Oh, because yeah. Even though you didn't go through it. 
some women a I hear go through it intensely where like yes. they even want to kill their kids. Yes. Or Not themselves. because they don't like them. Right. But it's like this. I got to get used to this whole little person in my yeah. life. You know what I mean? I think if I had children at my age now, I probably would feel a little bit of postpartum. Just because, Great. So you think I'll feel postpartum? No, no, no. Just because I've been there, done that, and it's not something I desire to do. Who knows? Again. I really loved being a mom. Like, I've loved the whole journey as a mother, so who knows? But from the bottom of my heart, I don't want to do it again. Or not what about, like, I know somebody that has an 18-year-old and then just had a newborn, and I'm just like, how do you adapt? Like, how do you go through that shit all I over mean, some again? some people love that. Like, they live to be moms, you know? But... I love motherhood. I would, I don't want to do it again. So I don't, I wonder if I were to have children at this point, if I would feel a little depressed, resentful, about it, you know? Yeah. And it's, there's no shame in that. Like they're, they're, it's so common. And I think people shame moms for feeling that way as if there's something inside of them is broken, but it's a medical condition. Yeah. We should bring somebody in here that we um, should suffered it, lived through it and give some tips because it's something that's very real. It's very, very real. And by the way, we're going to start uh, doing an email of the week for every episode because we get so many people since we've been putting out there. Our email is really simple. It's sister, sister, the podcast at gmail.com. Um, and not only that, like our DMs on the Instagram have been blowing up back to back on different topics like talk about this i'm going through this i have a you know and it's so funny you'll get those girls that write to us that are like i'm asking for a friend i'm like bitch you are the friend (laughs) (laughs) exactly i do have those some people that send in stuff that i'm like i've had to tell them like listen i hear what you're saying and i'm it's unfortunate situation for you but we have never experienced that so we can't really talk on it authentically yeah like because it's not something we've ever walked through. Like we can bring in experts, but at the same time, for example, like somebody wrote to us about um, having an autistic child yeah. and asking for advice. And I'm like, it would be such a disservice and so unfair if I gave you my advice because I've Cause never, never lived, that. lived it. Um, and we can bring in experts and stuff, but at the same time, I wouldn't even know, honestly, the questions to ask. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, totally. There's just some things that we are are unrelatable i think people look to us for answers not understanding that we're not experts like we are literally talking from our experience yeah. talking from our heart on things that we have lived it does not make us experts like i'm i'm not suddenly a doctor yeah or or a therapist or a psychiatrist i'm just sharing with you so that you don't feel alone yeah when you're walking through this but exactly by by, by by all means like we're not um your rescuer we're not your lifeline yeah we definitely like to give experience strength and hope but by all means we are not experts on a lot of things you know we just yeah I'm close to perfect but <laughs> i mean <laughs> No, so that, it. that's our, our highlight of the week is we got our pups and my rant attached to the highlight is that I I was resisting it. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of things I think we resist in life, you know, when it's actually a beautiful situation, a new experience, something that you needed to be living in your life, a new energy that needed to come into your life. And a lot of times with that resent with that resist resisting energy you could really block something beautiful because now i see chula and chele playing and i'm like man chula really needed a companion she feels she looks so she's alive again she's so i, I just she looks keep, youthful yeah i just added years to her life and yeah. i'm like then i started thinking about it like gosh roxy you are so selfless you'd rather 
get your dog a companion then you have a companion <laughs> and i was I like love your pep talk, i started witch. giving myself props and i started giving myself a pep talk like man i'm so selfless that i would rather give my dog a companion versus me first because that will come in its own time well but you I'm- try to do- friend zone the dog <laughs> i sure did for i real. was like no we're getting these dogs oh my god and speaking of friend zone let me catch you up on my week dude like i recently connected with somebody that i've known for like eight to ten years okay. so eight yeah it, it's basically you know who he is i think you know who he is but we've done like amigas from my soul i met him with through my past manager oh i know who so you're yeah about. so i i've known him for a long time and he, he he you know this guy he, uh, I thought a, he moved out of state. He moved out of state, personal trainer, da, 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 like we've known each other for a long time. And every time he moved to different states, he would always stay in contact with me. And I would always ask myself, like, why does this dude check in with me? Like, I always knew if he was in Texas, if he was in the Bay, if he was in New York, he would always hit me through Why text. is he moving so much? Exactly. And so he's back in L.A. and he hits me up. He's like, you're the, he's been in L.A. like five days, right? He's like, you're the first person that came to my mind because your energy, like I've always been attracted to like your energy and who you are and you you never sway. You're always who you are. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Right. I was like, but let's talk about like your floating ass, like you're always floating. And then so so we 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 ended up connecting. He cooked for me whatever but he ends up confessing a feeling dude and i'm like okay don't confess a feeling because you're gonna be parked to the left to the left to the left and i really like that's a friend zone your community like our communication about me friend zoning came to my mind did you start cracking up on yourself inside not to him (laughs) but i was just like so he's talking and i was like so what do you what are you trying to say here you know because if you're gonna open that kind of worms go all the way Right. And he's like, well, but you know what I've learned and what I've seen is like some men don't know how to express themselves. Like just well, you you started to grill him man. you made him nervous. He opened up. He's like, well, you know, speaking that like since we're on that topic, like I wanted to tell you. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's coming. It's like I knew was that talk was coming. And I'm like thinking to myself to myself, like self, I I told I, I thought to myself, why is it that men? hold back from telling me what they want to tell me from the moment they meet me because this guy i, I said how long have you um, i'm pretty sure when he met you you were involved it would have yeah, been i did i did have a boyfriend appropriate to tell you i did have a boyfriend but he and then also- you had a massive breakdown um live you recorded your your breakup how you felt oh my god but this guy met me like when i would think but it was still wasn't the right time it wasn't the right time but it was it was just basically I don't see him like that. Madre. <laughs> I was like, I don't I need to know. We need to put this on paper. Who you see and how. Because like there's opportunity out there. There's there's dudes are available and they're knocking at the door. It's just the wrong guy every time. Sorry, you got the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> and like this guy, like I know he was feeling me. But like, I'm not feeling him like that because, you know, he's back in L.A. He has a brand. He's rebuilding from the ground up. And like I, I could just I see that when I'm around him, he uh, like people become elevated with my energy because I'm very energetic and I am on a high vibration. Right. So but you we've talked about this It's like I want to vibrate high with somebody. I want yes. somebody to raise me up the way I raise you up. What's it? And, and then sometimes when you tell a man that they're like, oh, well, you're asking for too much. 
Why? Well, because they're incapable of giving that. You're never going to get what you want. Like your expectations are too high. Why? Because I want your energy to vibrate me higher. Don't make That's me feel why, bad. Right. For but what they I don't desire. Know any better. They just don't know any better. So they don't know what else to say to you. But that. Lame. It is lame. <laughs> Okay, so now that that's been established, next. Yeah, like I didn't mean to put him in the friend zone, but he's there. Another parked. <laughs> another parked vehicle. Well, at least we know who's who and where. Yeah, like seriously, I just want you to help me vibrate. Hi, honey. The moment I meet that man that I feel raises me emotionally, spiritually, financially, business wise, I'm like, I'm attracted. It's all about energy. All about energy. Like, dude, the moment the Lord delivers that to me. Roxy it's over. will be off the market and I will be glad to announce it. it. It's going to be over. All right, sis. So let's start with this email of the week because um, we've been getting a lot of emails, especially, you know, and I love that people are getting to know my sister and they're getting to know you and your story. You I see, know. it's all about us raising each other up. You know, yeah. the world needs to know our story and how dope I am. Hashtag <laughs> Las Cordovas. Okay. No, but seriously, I have gotten so many emails and I forward them a, a few, I mean um, DMs I forward them a few to you to just to keep you in the loop but people really 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 want to know about my divorce not yeah. necessarily details about my divorce but how I was able to get over the hump because when you're in it you feel like the world is over and i think yeah. they see me now Any like breakup i think but yeah. more with kids involved and a marriage because it's like people don't want to fail right and they see like this me now so they see i'm thriving i'm happy i'm successful i have a career i'm now i'm podcasting i'm active online they love the dynamic that they see between me and mel so i think that they cannot understand how i got here because they're at the very beginning of it. Yeah. And that place is dark and ugly and scary and uncertain. So they, I get so many. So I'm going to read you one. Okay. So DMs we're going to come right back with this email or this DM that you got. This is a DM. It's pretty lengthy, but we want to start addressing your DM of the week or your email of the week. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them coming in. And, and you know, with that one email, a lot of girls could get help. Yes. You I know, mean, this basically, right. One email is going to cover a lot of topics. Yeah. So if we do that weekly. Yeah, we are. We're going to get, we're going to cover a lot of ground and our listeners will be felt, will be heard. Yeah, right? absolutely. So listen, we're coming back with the DM of the week right here on Sister, Sister, the podcast. You're listening to Sister, Sister, the podcast. Okay. So we're back and let's get right into it. Sis, the DM of the week. Okay. So this came in through Instagram and it says, hi, Susie. I just wanted to come on here and tell you how great the podcasts are. I am always looking Aww. forward to a new one. I also wanted to bother you and maybe you guys can talk about dealing with a petty ex-husband after a divorce. Mm. I am recently divorced, which was my choice. I couldn't stand to be controlled. Even to go visit my mom was a problem. So I called it quits after six years and I have a two-year-old little girl. It was really hard for me because I don't believe in divorce. I never saw that that with my parents even though they were always arguing about things they were able to stick it out with this guy it was the best thing I could do for my sanity but now that I'm divorced he legit tells me I hate you the name calling is always affecting me how do I move on from that and is that ever going to stop mira que hasta he llegado al punto donde creo 
todo lo que me dice. So she's saying that she's come to the point where she believes everything that he tells her. He tells her things like, no vas a salir adelante sin mí. You're not going to get ahead in this world without me. Tú no eres nada sin mí. You're nothing without me. Ooh. Me vas a buscar cuando necesites algo. You're going to look for me when you need something. Mm. And she just can't deal with that anymore. Is it ever going to stop? So, oh, so she's basically like his words of negativity and put down are getting to her? So basically... The dude is mentally and emotionally abusing her. That's mm. what that is, right? Let's yeah, call it big. It big. Straight and up. And I think that after a divorce, that's very common just because there's a lot of anger. And what do people do when they're angry? They, they lash project. out, you know? So when I got a divorce or I left my first marriage when I was 30, so I was young. Damn, right? you were young. Yeah. What were the what were the first weeks and months like after after you stepped well, away? Well, remember you came to rescue me? Yeah. You I, were I was at home. I was a stay at home wife at this point, right? In my life. Um and your husband, ex husband at that time was making good money because yeah, it was, was like able at the to peak take care of us. Of like, the real estate boom. Right. And that's when people were making 15, 20 racks a month. Right. And life was good. So he was providing. He was providing we lived in a huge home, beautiful home in Corona. Like from the outside looking in, everything was great. People yeah. probably would look at my life and thought, outside for me being extremely overweight, that's when I like tipped the scale at 300 pounds. Um, life was good. I was able to shop when I wanted to. I was able to be hands on with my son, how I saw fit. But, but frankly, I was lonely. Yeah, I was. I was. I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel valued or appreciated there was some infidelity going on so i questioned myself as a woman like why am i not enough you know yeah um and i finally was able to confirm and have a conversation with one of the women and i was like you know what that's the day that i called you because i hadn't even said anything to any of you guys you know that i was really that miserable everybody sort of had an idea that shit wasn't great but I had never been honest with where I was in, yeah. in that regard. So that's when I called you. And remember I packed a suitcase? Yeah, I remember that. And you came and you picked me up and me and Robert left to your little apartment? Yep. Where was so, I living at that? I don't know. I was, I was living in like a... a I know where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I walked away that day very uncertain with nothing. Did it feel like a blur? It felt like... It felt like two things. I felt like a superhero because I felt like... I was rescuing myself finally and my son from this disaster, but then I felt like a complete failure and scared and unsure of like what is tomorrow going to look like. You yeah. Know? But I'm glad that he did it and I don't regret that. So the first few months after that were extremely confusing and I could relate to this lady because all of those things were said. You know, you ain't going to be shit without me. You're going to need me. And you're not you're working at that time. Right. You don't have your career at that time. So you're, yeah. it's easy to to believe that yeah. because you're fully dependent Actually, on a man. I never believed it. Oh, good. No, no. I never believed it. For me, it was more of a fuel to my fire because I was like, oh, because he said something like, um, you're a fat unemployed bitch. Who <gasps> the fuck is ever going to want you? Oh, and I was like, wow. Well, he is not lying. Like I am fat and I am unemployed. But just how you wanted me, somebody else will want me too. Exactly. But that's not what this is about to right now, right? I told myself. And I was like, that all those things could change. I can lose weight. I can be employed. That's not what he's telling me isn't facts. So I didn't like, believe do you it. feel like that inner chingona inside of you was it never died? Like she always, even though all these different things were like 
being told to you and being thrown your way is that inner belief that inner chingona do you feel like she always was was giving you pep talks yes in a, i believed in a way? the opposite of what he told me okay good you no know? so i didn't succumb to the emotional or mental abuse of his words I, to me i was like nope nope like you must have forgot who i was for a yeah. minute i forgot who i was but let me show you so i was determined i was determined to be everything that he told me I wasn't going to be. Yeah. You know, that was for me at the beginning, that was my fuel just to prove him wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, what I think a lot of people don't know about my journey is that because I left with no plan, but it's what I had to do. I had to go and apply for public assistance. So I was receiving cash aid and I was receiving food stamps. Yeah. I was on Medi-Cal and was it ideal? No. Was it humiliating? Yes. Did I stay on it? No. But would I do it again if I was that same person all over again? Yes. Yeah. Because that is what helped me. In addition to you guys, like my family, I was finally able to tell the truth about where I was and where how I was feeling and admit that I didn't want to be married anymore and that I was going to go forward with the divorce. And everybody rallied around me. And, and I, I think was, that's like the hardest part for like a lot of women listening right now. That, that right there, not even necessarily telling the truth. Yes. Yeah. Like getting to a point where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, I can't fucking do this no more when it comes to whether it's your weight or your relationship or yeah, or your marriage that you you've have been to be in. able to say I'm drowning. And that's what I was. I was drowning. And the thing is, is some, you don't even have to be financially drowning. Sometimes you're emotionally yeah. drowning. I think 90% of the women are emotionally drowning it, you know, before they get that divorce. Yeah. They're and like, I, I, I can't. It was very scary because I thought, oh my gosh, I already knew how my parents felt about my dad more so yeah. about marrying him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to now tell them that they were right. And I don't want to hear the whole, oh my gosh, we told you so, we told you so, and all the lectures. And on the contrary, I got none of that. You know, later on, as I was became stronger, I did hear it from everybody. Like, man, we told you, we were able to see this, blah, blah, blah. But at the moment where I was my most weakest, I was shown so much grace. Yeah. You know, from my immediate family, which was my parents, you and Joe the most yeah and then for my friends we had your back too. absolutely so those first few months were emotionally i could say were like very confusing um did i do the right thing is my son gonna be okay maybe he'll change maybe if i go back and remember he even had a conversation with you like I want to have more kids. Maybe I'll just have more kids with him. Yeah. Because I, I don't want my kids to have different dads. And you were like, bitch, are you stupid? <laughs> and at the moment it didn't. And I probably sound, said it exactly like yeah, that. At the moment for me, it felt like a rational idea. Cause I thought, okay, at least I'll, Robert will have a sibling. Right. Yeah. And they'll have the same dad. So if they go together on the weekends, like it was rational as irrational as I know that it is now at the moment it sounded like it was a good idea, but also probably because when you're in that limbo, it was one more thing because obviously if you, if the marriage breaks down to that level, it's so toxic. Yeah. So it was one more toxic way to stay attached to him. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So I had to, obviously I didn't go down that way. Thank God. Thank God that it didn't go and I didn't proceed to have more children. Um, with him that we didn't bring another child into this t 
toxic ass environment that we had created. Yeah. And the world, I mean, the world is kind of crazy too. Yeah. You know, but, and I had you, thank God I had you and my mom, which were two different perspectives. You were a young girl living your life, chasing your dream. And you gave me that perspective that, cause I never had that really, yeah. you know, cause I got tied out so young. So looking at you, <clears throat> right. Looking at you gave me that hope like, oh my gosh, okay. There's still blood running through my veins. I can still chase Pursue dreams what too, I want. You know? I can still, I can still be youthful. I'm only 30 years old. I can still um, be fit. I could still be happy. Like there's hope in that. And then I would get my mom's perspective and my tias who one of my, our tias is, has been divorced too. And they would give me, you know, a more realistic approach. Like when you're feeling this way, plug into this you know and one of the best tools that i got that we've all used was Al-Anon. yep even though my marriage wasn't affected by um alcoholism directly alcoholism directly there was still like um what you call traits. the isms the isms yes the isms of alcoholism. alcoholism had touched us individually yeah you know his father and other people in his family and then um you know, we've had alcoholism touch our family. So going there, I'm going to tell you, I went there for the per- the first full year. I didn't say anything. To an Al-Anon meeting she's yes, talking about. I went to an Al-Anon meeting once a week for one whole year and I didn't speak ever. Which, by the way, if you guys don't know, listening to this, Al-Anon is a free resource. All you have to do is type in Al-Anon on Google. Mm-hmm. It's all over the United States. They have meetings that you could walk into and they are lifesavers for a lot of people. Yes. It, it's it's for family and friends of alcoholics or anybody that's been directly or indirectly affected by alcoholism. Like, right. game changer. Right. Go it to was, one. Because I sat there and I, it was all women mostly. And I would listen to these women talk and all I could do was cry because I felt not alone, you know, and I felt not ashamed. And I was, I would sit there and I would cry and cry and cry. And they gave me the dignity and the grace to just let me, they'd never made me try to talk until I was ready. Um, which that was such a tool that my mom actually introduced us to Al-Anon. Um, so that, that, that really helped me regain strength, you know? And then I decided to go back to school and all the while still having to check in with my social worker and having to go to meetings at the welfare office. And I was like, oh, my God, like, who's going to see me here? We had to at some point go to food banks and get food. Thank God. There was this place in Corona called um, the Settlement House. And they sort of set set it up like um, a grocery store, which there's dignity in that, too. You know? Yeah. Um, So it didn't feel like I was a broke ass you know ineffective mother i just felt like i was grocery shopping and it, up until recently robert never even knew that and you and told we him we were talking about something um i felt he was being ungrateful with something and i was like you know dude we have come a long way like do you remember the times when i had to pay for groceries with the ebt card or i had to um um go to the settlement house and get groceries for us and he was like you did that like he couldn't believe that me his mom yeah the woman he sees now went somewhere and asked and said hey i can't feed my son can you guys please help me and give me food and i was like yeah buddy like I, we had to i had to dig ourselves out of this trench to the family that and the the life that you live now but let me break it down for you you know and i never told him that when he was younger because it was none of his business this was adult stuff yeah but he he could know this stuff he could know what the struggle is now you know yep um and the whole 
I could say probably up until maybe five years ago, the whole like berating and name calling and disrespect started to slow down. Yeah, because I think a lot of people and I think one word to describe um, the way you've been able to come out of this and what people see now that you are a divorced woman that has learned how to co-parent with the father of your kid, even though Robert's 18 now, it's not it's not super, super like the highlight anymore but you know it's been a process but to he was get six. to that point yeah so exactly I had to co-parent for 13 years i think that's what people see in you is like the gracefulness the how did you do that right and and you know i know there's men that listen to our podcast too and i hope that if you know of a man that's going through that struggle of co-parenting with the woman you're like listen you gotta listen to this podcast episode yeah. because Sometimes men are the ones that are hung up and can't get over the emotional like she left me. Right. She, You know what I mean? It, it affects both ways. This happens to be you, your perspective as a woman. But I think if anything, it's taught you. It's we see a graceful Susie. That's what we see. And but it wasn't, wasn't always, always like that. the case. So that was when I you. left, I was angry. I mean, I was betrayed. I was yep. hurt. I put all my trust in you. You know, you were my husband. We were going to build this life together. We already had been together for so many years. That I was like, wow, the rug was just really pulled out from under me. Okay, I'm going to get myself together. But while I'm getting myself together, I'm still going to be so angry at you. Yeah. So how did you figure out co-parenting? I think that's what a lot of people listening right now want to know. Like, how did you figure it out? Without losing your shit and getting arrested. Right. Because I think a lot of times, especially when people move on and that happens a lot, a woman could, you know what I mean? The man's a lot of times men move on quicker. Because that's just how men are versus the woman, you know? Actually, how I do think you... I moved on. Well, I mean, outside from the cheating, I think I moved on first. And I'm the one that's remarried again. Yeah. But it was... So... The whole co-parenting thing. How did you figure that out? I decided... So somebody has to set the pace. Okay? So when I started to get emotionally and mentally healthier, there was strength in me that was growing. So... I decided that I was going to love Robert more than I was going to hate his father. Mm, Okay, that's powerful. Yeah. I decided that I was going to love my son more than I was going to hate his father. Right. And that's when co-parenting, we need to like seriously make that into a quote. Oh my God, I got to write the time down for this because people need to hear that's powerful. And it's, it's the only way when I felt angry, when I felt, and I'm not saying that I never engaged with him. That I never uh, cussed him out, told him, like brought up old shit. I'm not saying that. But as I got healthier, I did it less and less. Mm -hmm. And I made sure that when Robert was there, that I didn't ever, you know, and I never played games. I never said you can't have him. You can't spend time with him. Even if I hated the sight of him yeah even if the the his face made me want to throw up even if i wanted to punch him right through his mouth i smiled because i know that this little boy loves him yeah i hate him but this little boy loves him and he should i don't want him to have daddy issues i don't want him to grow up resentful towards me so i would bite my tongue and i had my group of people who i can call you know yeah i think that's a really important resources because you've always been good at reaching out for help yeah but but i surround myself with bitches that keep it real yes like if i call michael mother shami for example because she knows him before even i knew him yeah um and i tell her what like oh my gosh this guy blah 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 she'll let me 
But then she'll tell me like, all right, come on. You know, that's not healthy. You know, that's not the right thing for Robert. She's not, she won't antagonize me to be like, oh yeah, he's stupid and you should do this and don't let him see the baby. And I, I never had people in my corner that coddled foolishness. Yeah. So it was very easy for me to vent, say what I wanted to say, get it off my chest and then bring it back either with advice, with prayer, with, you know what, Susan, you know better. Come on. This is not who you are. You've worked so hard to come this far. Like don't backtrack. Don't slide track or don't take backslide. the higher road. Take the higher yeah. road in this situation. And and sometimes taking the higher road sucks because when this person hurts you, mm-hmm. you want to hurt them back. And honestly, the easiest way to hurt him back would have been using my son. Yeah, but I'm and not a, a scumbag. Lot of women do that. No, and I'm not a scumbag, and I would never do that to my son. It has nothing to do with his father. I wouldn't do that to my son. So that was how I learned to even. You know what I learned too? I had to learn at the very beginning when I when things were just so out of control, and I could I felt like I can't even talk to this cat without it just turning into something so crazy. I had to learn to talk like this, and I would just stay very monotone and I would make sure my tone wouldn't get out of control and if I felt like this wasn't working then I would just end the conversation and be like you know what maybe we need to talk later but I even had to be that self-aware of my tone of voice because one little it would have just turned the whole conversation on its head so it was a a lot lot that's a lot of self-awareness too Susie that's, that's what a, I was about to say. That's, that's a lot what it boils down to. A lot. You know, a lot of this, a lot of the emails or DMs that we get in regards to this topic, women dealing with divorce, they always want to, they always ask, how can I get him to do X, Y, and Z? How can I get him to change and not treat me this way? How can I get him to be a better father? You can't. All you can do is control how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. And your children will see that and they will thank you for it. You know, I remember one time specifically, I was completely overwhelmed i was already with my current husband i was running late i was going to a amigas for my soul meeting the uh a sister circle that was i was facilitating in um san pedro i was running late i live in riverside the traffic was insane and i was just feeling really overwhelmed and and i was dropping robert off at his grandmother's house so that they could take him to football practice for me well he left his shoes in the car i mean at home so i had to go back home so I had to call his dad and ask him for help. And that was something that I didn't love to do because I never knew what I was going to be met with. Yeah. You know, Mel was not there. So if Mel could help me, that's usually that's who I would ask. That's your first option. But I, I had to call his dad and he was like, yeah, okay, just take him. Um, just, you know, do X, Y, and Z and I'll take it from there. So I was like, okay. So I was feeling very frustrated. I didn't want to call him, but I had to. So I, I looked to Robert because he's just chill, right? And I was like, buddy, does this ever get to you and he was like what i said and he was maybe nine or ten and he's and he said what and i said this like does this life ever get to you no he was older than that because we met mel when he was nine so maybe he was like 12 okay and he said um i said all this back and forth you know like mom and dad all that jive now there's mel and this weekend at his house this weekend at our house and he just looked at me really calm and he said um no he was like mom i love our life we live a good life he said and i don't think if we would have stayed all three of us in the same house we wouldn't have lived a good life wow so that made me feel um i'm sure hella like good a, what is the word not not approved but like um 
reassured reassured it made me feel reassured that number one i made the right choice even though at the time it feels like it's not it's scary as fuck um and number two that i was handling it well because my son was calm my yep. son was happy my son was stable and there's so many times like this lady that i could have engaged and i could have met his insults with even more insults and his insults with childishness and his insults with um you know court battles back and forth back and forth but for what because that's what it the turns into for a lot of people the only person that was going to lose in that whole scenario yep. was going to be my son and i refused so it was my mission to make sure that we knew how to co-parent and even when i met mel i was like look this is my dynamic mm-hmm. that is his father i do deal with him almost on a daily basis because of sports if you cannot be comfortable in this scenario then I'm not the one for you yeah. because I will not alter that relationship for this one. You know, like my son was my priority. Yeah. And luckily, luckily, thank God, because he's so gracious. Mel was like, I get it. He said, you know what, Susie? That's one thing that that's one of the things that I love the most about you is the way that I see that you treat your ex-husband. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Thanks, thanks babe. And you know what? I think that ultimately what it comes down to is that is you're able to handle this situation with such grace even while you were going through it, even while it was hard for you because of your own self-awareness. If you would have never tapped in and you would have never plugged in to you and Al-Anon and, and just, you know, having a, a, a solid support group, if you were really trying to navigate this whole entire situation by yourself, it wouldn't have turned out like this. No. And that's why a support group of people that are going to, you know, call you out on your bullshit and keep it 1000 with you is so important because when you get a bunch of comadres or your mom or your sister, like, yeah, fuck him. And yeah, he's an asshole. And that go along with your bullshit. That's when things remain unhealthy. Yeah. And it's like you 1000% have made this about you, your feelings, your pride, your ego. And what happened to your kid? What happened to the right. emotional well-being of your child or children? That makes me the most sad. And you know, that's a form of abuse, of child abuse, if you it ask is. me. You know, that don't not many women or not enough women get called out on it. You know what I mean? They're, you're, you're emotionally and you are mentally abusing your child when you talk shit, mad shit about their parent to them. And when you refrain them from seeing that parent because it take, they need both parents. They do. You know, so I, I refused to produce an, a toxic child. Like I was not going to let that divorce be in vain. Yeah. As much as painful as it was, as financially devastating as it was, as humiliating as it was to tell the truth about what was going on in that marriage. I was not going to let Robert be a casualty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was not. If anything great was going to come of that was that I was going to get healthy emotionally and physically and my son was going to be healthy, you know, grow up to be a dope, dope man. And I can honestly say that in the 14 years that I've been divorced now, I've even seen growth in him. You know, like he is not, he's still not, we're still not extra super compatible, but I do see his, him softening up a little bit. And yeah. it could be age or it could be that he's grown too, you know, because when you're left with nothing else, if you don't just internalize this and learn from it, then you are not paying attention. And what a waste of time and what a waste of a life to sit here and just sit in this toxic cycle again and again and again when you have the opportunity to grow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. I love 
your sister circles for Amigas for My Soul for this precise reason. If people need a place to go and find healthy solutions, that is one place to go plug into. Yeah. And it's free. That's why I'm the one that suggested and created Sister Circles. Yeah. Like yeah. When no. I was the president. And you know what? It I was saw how inspired much, by Al-Anon. Yes. Meetings. I saw how much Al-Anon helped me. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but a for mess sister circles is about it is along the same vein, you know, and if you have the right leader in there, that's healthy emotionally and mentally, that right leader is going to help that woman see the light at the end of the tunnel and then give resources that the mujer series for a for mess also very helpful tool yeah it breaks it breaks down what it is to be a woman in all types of relationships in there what would you say sis is like what did what have you learned what was your biggest what's been your greatest learning lesson when it comes to your divorce i mean 14 years later what's your what's been your greatest lesson my from this greatest entire experience is that what we were taught as children to put our everybody before us is a lie it's a lie I learned to put myself first. And I'm going to tell you, I, I even lost a friendship over this because she felt the need to tell me that I was extremely selfish mm. because I put me over everybody. Um, and she, a lot she, of women she couldn't that respect way. me anymore. And so we we're not friends. And I was like, okay. I said, I feel sorry for you, bro, because you don't understand that theory. You know, I said, but so I have learned that I put myself first. So my relationship with myself and with God has to be good. It has to be solid. I have to check in with myself all the, the time. time because I'm very, very, very aware of my temper, of my tongue, of my wittiness, of my creativity. Like I can create a whole plot that could go sideways so fast. I'm, I have to be aware of that and check myself. You know, um, self-awareness. Yeah. I've learned that I cannot control anybody else around me except me. And the way that I respond to situations really indicates the outcome, you know, because I've been really, I've been able to navigate my divorce, my remarriage, co-parenting fairly easy, you know, not without any humps, but fairly easy because of self-awareness. And I have learned that it is okay. It is not the end of the world, right? The decision that I made 13 years ago, although everything felt like crumbled at my feet and it was embarrassing, I was able to go out and rebuild something so much better. And your own way and the way you actually envisioned it to be. Yes. And why? Because I know who I am. So I accept nothing less. Now, if you don't bring to the table what I know I need, whether it's romantic, whether it's friendship, even my clients at the hair lab, we cannot be, we don't, we won't vibe. I'm not going to compromise all the work that I've done on myself. I have read so many books. I have journaled. I have gone to conferences. I have talked to therapy. I, I have been in therapy. My favorite therapist was Jenny. She recently passed away. She was the realist. And that's what I need. Right. And yeah, I, I, that works everybody for you. works differently. Some people need to be dealt more with, um, kid gloves i just need you to be real with me jenny was the realist she was a little old lady and i remember one time she asked for like a, a group a joint therapy session with me and him which i didn't see the point because i was like i'm divorcing him yeah why the fuck do you want to talk to him <laughs> like i just want to sit here and talk shit about him to you yeah and she was like no like i want to see this dynamic 
because you guys need to whether you like it or not work together yep so he came in and uh he said something that rubbed me the wrong way and so i popped off and he was about to too and she put her little hand up to him like stopped him and she let me finish so i was like yeah she's on my side fuck you i'm gonna say everything i gotta say now yeah <laughs> and so when i was done she looked at him and she said this is what it looks like when an adult has a tantrum <gasps> i looked at her and i was like who said you want dare you <laughs> and she said everything you just said was so unproductive how dare you <gasps> i was like wow jenny I'm paying you for this. I was so mad. But once I got over more embarrassed that she did that to me in front of him, because I was like, who said he won, bitch? Yeah. I was like, you are so right. Because I literally just had a fit. And it was so unproductive. So She called you out on your bullshit. Oh, my gosh. And that, to me, was priceless. I will never forget that. So whenever I wanted to act like that again, I would just remember little Jenny's face. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. This is not productive. Let me just not say anything. If I'm going to say something that stupid, let me just not say anything at all. And how many times like do we have those unproductive conversations with people? You know, like especially Too when many. you haven't worked on yourself. And right now, somebody listening to this podcast, this episode is probably like, I just finished having one of those this unproductive <laughs> conversations with the father of my kid like an hour ago. Like that was an entire waste of time. But you got to tap in in order to come to those to that realization. And I bet you a lot of times and, and this is just in life in general, like the way you respond to things really does show where you're at in your life yes like and 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 when you have self-awareness you know ooh, i'm not working on myself enough because i allowed that shit to throw me way the fuck off mm -hmm. and then other times you're just like oh okay like it and just it happens. rolls off of you and so a lot of times what happens when things get good you first you stop working on yourself that happens yes. to a lot of women. A lot. Life gets good. Everything, everything is smooth sailing. Everything is on point. And you actually forget about the resources that have helped you get to that point. And then life gets chaotic again. And you're just like, oh, time to plug in again. Don't stop plugging into plugging no. into the things that work for you, whether that's reading a book, whether that's journaling, whether that's going to therapy individually with your therapist, whether that's going to a sister circle, whether that's going to Al-Anon meetings, like continue to do what works for you. Yeah, there's so many tools out there. And I think women, men too, they get embarrassed to say, you know, this is where I'm at. Like, this is my absolute truth. I'm in a horrible marriage. Maybe it's abusive. Maybe there's infidelity. Me, I had nothing. I had nothing to my name. Everything was joint tied to him. He controlled it. I had nothing. I was in such a vulnerable situation. And that's another thing I learned. Well, you know, that's never to do that to myself again, ever. Good. Oh, shit. Good. <laughs> and happened. you know what? That's another form of abuse, financial yes. abuse. Like I provide your life. So you do as I say. Right. That's that. I'm going to tell you, there is not a more shitty feeling in the world. And sometimes I feel guilty because I work so much now. Um, but you know what? No, I set myself up so wrong the first time that I refuse to do that again, whether I ever find myself in that same position again or not, or if Mel ever gets injured and maybe he can't work, you know, I can hold this down. Yeah. To me, I think it's so important. And I tell all my clients that, 
you know, um, don't have like a little side hustle, like find something that you love. Maybe you don't have to do it full time, but stack your chips. Yeah. Because you never know. And there is that is probably the most ugliest, most vulnerable, scary feeling when you have nothing, no resources to fall back on monetarily. And you have these little people looking at you like, okay, my whole life depends on you. Yeah. What are we doing next, mom? Yeah. Oh, God, that's awful. I mean, you know, I get a lot of women that have written to me that want to leave relationships, abusive relationships, emotionally abusive relationships, physically abusive relationships. And that's the first question that I ask them, like, why can't you leave? Why don't you leave? You're not a tree. You don't have roots. You can get up and move. And their number one answer I want to say 90% of the time is I don't have a job. And then I say, my answer to that is, are you, are you like, are you handicapped? Like, is there a disability? Like, why can't you work? And they're like, no, because basically he's provided for me. I became a housewife. This is kind of like the dynamic of our relationship. But now my kids are like teenagers and I can't work. And I'm like, so why aren't you working? You know? And then it's like that self analyzation of like, okay, well, just because that was your life, maybe you needed that life to raise your kids and be active in the first five years of your kids. Because some women really believe that. Right. I I'm gotta so be grateful for that. You know, like I would love, you know, and, and see, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum. Like I've always provided for myself. Right. So I've never experienced what it is for a man to be like, hey, let me, let me, I got you fully, completely. I got the house. I got the cars. You know, if I were to meet a man like that, I would be like, wow, this is amazing. But you still wouldn't drop your hustle. No, of course not. Because I don't even know what that looks like or feels like. Or I wouldn't want to, I think, because I'm so used to having my own money. But that would be really nice. You know, maybe I should start praying for a man that is a provider (laughs) like that. I think that is a beautiful quality for a man to have. Not because I'm trying to be rescued, but because, damn, that would be nice. Well, when when I was considering like when I was making like my wish list right for a man Mel wasn't even in the picture he wasn't even a thought in my mind and that's another thing I did spend three years completely by myself yeah I didn't good. I didn't jump into another relationship I didn't um talk to anybody like I did not I put all of my energy into myself into my education into my weight loss into my health and into being the best mom that I could be and to trying to figure out how to navigate this new world that I was in now. Being with another man was not on my radar. Yeah. And actually, I even met him on accident because so it was God's timing, you know. But um, what was I saying? Well, oh, um, when I was doing my wish list, I put on there that I wanted a man that was financially able to provide and that he was willing to share his finances with Robert and I. Not that he was going to take care of me because I will never do that to myself again, again, ever. If there's something I can stress to you guys, ladies listening and gentlemen, because maybe some men are not um, the women are the money makers, too. And they don't put yourself in a position to be that vulnerable. Yep. that You have no resources to tap into in case of any emergency, not just in my case, divorce, you know? Yeah. So I learned to tap into myself. I learned to be more financially responsible with myself. Um, And I learned patience because like I said earlier, he, I couldn't change him. I wasn't going to change him. He hated me too. So whatever I suggested, 
he wasn't going to give a shit. He was going to laugh at me and keep it pushing because I was the enemy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just learned to focus on myself, take what I like, leave the rest. I communicated with him as needed and I had my people to vent to. Um, And if I ever had to address something harsh with him, I would ask for an in-person meeting so that way he could see my body language, my like my energy, um, hear my voice. I tried my best not to handle shit through text messaging because it could get the few true. times that we did, it just went south so fast because you have to understand, imagine your last breakup and how angry you felt at the very yeah, beginning yeah. and confused and upset and sad. And imagine having to still talk to that person every day because you have a little person in your that that person's life requires the both of you guys to be on the same page. It's, yeah. it's very, very challenging. So, so you do, you, you definitely recommend those in-person meetings. Yes. And, yeah. and I did it where it was safe. Like I would take, I would say a Starbucks or, um, the yard house, honestly. Yeah. And we even had like family meetings. So there was times when Robert was growing up that he wanted to be able to say some things to his dad and he felt, that he couldn't really communicate it. So I would call him, I would call a family meeting. So we would go to the yard house and we would sit down the three of us so that Robert can say what he needed to say, whether it was to him or whether it was to me. I just had to find ways to be effective. Yeah. I, I, I channeled my anger at the very beginning into kickboxing. That shit was a lifesaver for me because there was times when you're that angry and you just imagine yourself punching their fucking face off <laughs> yeah so i would kickbox and i would have knuckles on my on my uh bruises on my knuckles and on my shins because i would just go to town yeah but it worked because i never funneled all that anger and frustration directly to him you know why do i hear funny things yeah i don't know but you know you know what's awesome also is that um it's crazy because like when you know in your mind or you and you desire something so strongly, like I always tell people just because you're not verbalizing it out into the universe doesn't mean that you're not sending messages to the universe. And right. what I say, what I, what I'm trying to say and what I mean is your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts, the thinking, just because you're not telling your sister what your thoughts are, or you're telling your best friend, those thoughts are constantly there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash. Don't be surprised when you crash one day. Right. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. Don't be surprised when you say broke. So that repetition in your mind is so real. So like be very aware of what you keep repeating in your mind. And I think that when you conspire to desire a certain life, the universe conspires with you to help right. you win. Right. And I think like in your case, you were already desiring a shift. You did the steps that you had to do to get out of that marriage. And then, so what I'm trying to say is that, remember at that time I was on the radio, on traditional radio, I mm-hmm. think I had, and then I had gotten a uh, opportunity to get you your lap band. Yes. You know, and, and they had, I had just gotten hit up on my boy, Phil, shout out to my boy, Phil. He's my fairy godfather. We love Phil. And he was like, yo, Roxy, uh, this one company hit me up. They're looking for a candidate for a, a uh, what was it? A lap band? Lap band. For uh-huh. the lap band. And, uh. You know, what What do you think? And I'm just like, well, I'm not overweight. You know, like, and I had to literally go into my mind and think, like, who could use a surgery? And then, boom, Susie yeah. was, like, on this, like, you were at this phase in your life where everything was changing. You were getting everything. a divorce. You wanted, you had expressed that you wanted to, you know, lose weight. And then this surgery really required you to be ready. 
it yes. was like if you're gonna go under the knife you're gonna go under the knife like and i remember i proposed it to you and you're like i gotta think about it i was like well you got two weeks bitch like this surgery is not gonna wait till you're ready like the the surgeon this facility they wanted to work out the deal they wanted to make it move quick and it was kind of like boom 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 just things started to work out in your favor yeah well i plugged into my faith so sick so when when the very first thing i did i went i didn't know where else to go like nothing that anybody was saying to me was making sense or nothing felt reassuring yeah i felt lost so i went to church i went to church and i sat there everywhere that i went at the beginning group setting i didn't talk i just sat there and i absorbed embraced and absorbed like the love the compassion the the camaraderie that was going on around me i didn't go so if you're listening to this and you're like oh i don't want to go anywhere because i'm embarrassed you don't have to say anything but go start emerging yourself into these places that have good energy yeah and have tools that you can pick up and apply when you're ready you know any books that you read during that time sis um you know what there are and i can't even tell you the names of them because I didn't write them down. Yeah. Um, I never thought in my life besides my family that we would be talking about this, you know? Yeah. But I read a book recently that I wish while I was reading it, I told myself if I would have had this book back then, it would have made me feel like the queen of the world because the way that she wrote it, it's called love warrior by Glennon Doyle. Okay. Oh my gosh. She was just so raw honest with her truth and where she was as herself as a woman herself as a mother and herself as a wife and how Love like warrior. life just wasn't working for her mm. and she had to dig herself out of this eating disorder depression alcohol abuse i mean just so so much that i thought to myself i wish i would have read this book yeah 14 years ago when I was going through it because it would have been such a helpful tool. So I can say that now go out and get this book love warrior by Glennon Doyle. Amazing. And journal, a journal. I recently found a box of old journals and I was reading them and I was like to myself thinking like, wow, I can't believe you actually felt this way one time. Like I would tell myself like, I don't know how, I'm going to get by, you know, like, I can't believe he really doesn't want to be married to me. I can't believe he's going to throw our whole family away. Like, who am I? All I know is how to be his woman. Like, who am I? Like the, the entries to my journal were so desperate at one point that the person that I am today, I didn't even recognize him. And I tell you how good it felt to rip him out and shred them and let that girl go because she's been gone. But to see those feelings I wrote were very honest and real feelings at the moment. At that time, you know, like, yeah. I was completely and utterly lost without him. So I thought. So you thought. It wasn't that I was completely and utterly lost without him, though. It was that I had to find me and get anchored into my faith. And those two things combined made me feel at least, but I believe that it's facts, invincible. There was nothing that could come my way. That I was not going to get by one day at a time. One day but at a time. I was going to get by. Hey, know? that becomes a mantra when that's all you can do because there's sometimes it's one 
second at, at a time. time. Honestly, an hour at a time. When you're going through difficult situations, that's you really have to look at life like one day at a time, one hour at a time, one day, one week at a time. Sort of like when you're on the um, stairmaster. Seriously, <laughs> one second at a time. Yeah, it's no. going to end. And you know when you work out, time just like it just seems too much. Uh, like you don't realize how long a minute is until you actually work out. And you're like, are we almost done yet? Like, geez. Well, that's how healing a broken heart feels. And anybody that's been had a broken heart regardless if it's marriage or not understands that it is a very very slow process it is but i think that sometimes we sabotage ourselves and we slow ourselves down because we get stuck mm-hmm. on on what could have been for example i did get a dm this morning about a lady yeah i'm um, telling me that she was married for or together with him just about 35 years or so oh. and he decided that he doesn't want to be married anymore. And wow, I mean, like that has got to be so confusing. It's got it. It hurts. Thirty five like years. You, you feel like you were thrown away, and you're sorta. just like you know, like I, I, I look at relationships. Like my last relationship was a five year relationship, and you're actually in the situation where you actually think you're building with something with somebody. Five years, and it hurts. Yeah, I cannot imagine thirty five years. I'm sure they got kids and even grandkids, businesses, homes, and all of a sudden you want to throw us away. Like it's devastating. It's like, what is the lesson there? And how do you even deal with that? Mm-hmm. Right. So what did she write? What did well, this DM she say? She said that she, he has asked her for a divorce and she's not ready to give it to him because she remembers the good times and she knows what it used to be and what it can be. And all, I mean, I understand where she's at. Because it's just so much to wrap your head around. Like, wow, this is not going to be my life anymore. But what are you gaining? You're compl- you're literally torturing yourself by trying to make this person love you. You cannot make them do anything. What you can do is love yourself and respect yourself and set yourself up emotionally and mentally better. And if that relationship is meant to be, it will be. Yeah, but you cannot continue to just chase them and give them ultimatums and be angry with them and lash out and then let them come back and lay up in your bed whenever they want to and then go away again. And that's just perpetuating the the, The the, toxicity toxicity. and it's not helping anybody. But yeah, she where she's at right now is she's not ready to let him go, even though he does not want to be married to her right now. Like he's being. There's other women involved. Oh um, my goodness. He's completely disrespecting her. Completely. And it's all based on her um idolization of what her marriage was. Should have been. Clearly it wasn't what she thought it was, you know, like somewhere there was a gap and things slipped through them. Um, but there's hope in starting all over again. And just because they divorced doesn't mean they'll stay that way. And you know what? I mean, I think it was easy for you to think that and say that even though, and it was challenging for you at 30 to think that, but imagine this woman. I mean, this lady has been married to a man for 35 years and you know, who knows? Maybe she's in her sixties now, but, to, but, but listen, look at Chris, what's her name? Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner got her group back. I mean, this lady went through a divorce, you know, in her sixties and she's dating a man that, yeah, he's probably way younger than her, but listen, she's getting her group back. And apparently it seems like she's happy. What do you do when your ex-husband turns into a woman? I know. <laughs> Life goes on a level, you know, like if that's what you got to tell yourself, 
to move on hey he turned into a woman let me just keep it moving imagine like it would be a different perspective if your man did turn into a woman you would probably move on quicker than a man that I like, think that's still very insulting it is very like, insulting it's oh God, I mean I can't speak on it because <laughs> that's never happened to me but the whole I would feel just as betrayed I it's think. like baby why weren't you speaking your truth to me yeah I, I think I would feel just as betrayed as if it was another woman involved you know that's crazy but listen our time is winding down we've already been on the air more than an hour <laughs> oh my gosh and we still had so much more to talk about on this episode but you know just like uh this episode was juicy so will next episode okay because we want to talk about another another topic that has come up is like friendships right if we were talking about breakups and you know how beautiful in listening to you talk Susie how beautiful I was thinking to myself like I wish my parents would have been able to be graceful like that you yeah, know and too. they chose not to they chose not they they it's like we got three kids but who cares because the youngest one is 15 years old not ever considering the feelings of their of the youngest daughter at least you know like let's do it for her i think it's joe's out of the house susie's out of the house great but let's act decent for raquelita and and it's just like neither of them cared i think it's counterintuitive though because this is not what society teaches us it's not it's so much more acceptable and i think that's why so many women look to me and be like with some admiration because they're like how do you do that how do you have your ex-husband and your new husband together in the same room um, because those are the rules that I laid out and that's what I said life was going to be like for Robert and that's the environment that I created. So you either going to fall in line, you dear ex-husband and you dear husband, and we're going to do this together or guess what? I will continue to do this by myself with yeah. my son. Like there was no compromising, but how many people do you, I bet you can think of at least five people in your head that will cheer you on if you go out there and you start acting a fool. Yeah. And start talking shit and start dragging people because people love drama. Nobody teaches us to be graceful. We have to. Well, I'm not going to say nobody. There are some people out there that are good at it. And I hope that I'm the one that teaches my son how to be graceful yeah. and generations going forward. But it, at least for us, nobody taught us how to be graceful. And you know what? I hope that this episode has really inspired women that are going through a divorce, are thinking about going through a divorce or are actually in that phase of learning how to co-parent. You know, because yeah. it's a whole new, like, and you're, you're really taken and inspired by Susie's story of coming out, life being great. You created the life you wanted. You married the man you wanted. You chose him. You yeah. know, he didn't choose you. Like, you guys chose each other because you guys had those qualities that you each desired. But I really hope that you're inspired by this story and that you are able to reflect off of this episode to say, you know, if Susie could do it, so can I. But it really does begin with you tapping into you. Don't like, you know what I mean? If you want to be that change, you got to be that change. You have and to make your, it about you. And your ex-husband will follow. You know what yep. they say? Listen, at the end of the day, women run the world. Who run the world, girls? Who run the world, girls? <laughs> and on that note, you guys, we love you. Thank you for chilling with us. Another episode of Sister Sister the Podcast. Make sure you follow the Instagram account, Sister Sister the Podcast. We are forever checking the DM. Sometimes Susie's on it. Sometimes I'm on it. 
And don't forget to email us. Yes. It's same thing. Sister, sister, the podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow Susie's individual page. La Susie, L-A-S-U-S-I-E. And then mine is Roxy's World. And we love you. Spread the word. Tell your mom, your comadre, your sisters. And we're getting love from everywhere, man. Hey, even the fellas like listening to us. Even the fellas. They love our perspective. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. We love you. Until next time, we are out.